how can we make peace with being enough right now, today? How can we make peace with that? But also challenge ourselves to become more, challenge ourselves to evolution or change or wanting more because they're like, wait, how can you hold both things? How can you think that you're enough but also work on yourself? And I always say the desire for me to change and evolve and grow and become better is because I love myself so much, because I know that I am worthy and because I actively practice loving myself and being kind to myself and speaking to myself with kindness and giving myself grace, I love myself enough to want to become a better version of me. And that's how I hold space for both those things. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis, and this is my podcast. I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about everything, life and how to be an entrepreneur. What happened to dinosaurs? What's the best recipe for fried chicken? What's the best plan for intermittent fasting? What's going on with our inner child? How's therapy working out for you? Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. All right, here we are back for episode two, part two of the five-year anniversary of Girl, Wash Your Face. Part one was honestly just a big, it was basically a therapy session where I was just telling y'all like how it really was. I really hope that those truths came across as truths and not as complaints because it's not complaining. It it changed my life in a lot of ways. I paid off my Mima and Papa's house. Like I bought my grandparents a house. I've helped so many family members. I've helped my family. I don't have to worry about how I'm going to make rent. And I know what that feels like. I don't have to worry about whether or not I can afford medical care for my kids. Like I am blessed beyond measure. But I wanted to tell y'all the true, real, like what did that feel like? Because I think it's easy for all of us to listen to podcasts or read books or have people who we admire, we vibe with, and that we're interested in. And it's super easy to see what they're doing or what they're up to and think, oh, I want that thing. And I want that thing because it looks so glamorous and it looks so exciting. And no. This right now, I, I feel like I've been saying this for a while, for you know, six months or a year. This is the best that my life has ever felt. And I think it's the smallest in terms of like exposure and platform and all of it. It's the smallest my life has been in years and years and years. It's pretty crazy how different my life is, but how much better it feels, how much happier I am. You know, I'm doing this at home in sweatpants. It's 2.45 on a Friday. And when I wrap this up, the kids are going to be home. It's going to be time for happy hour at some point. We're going to grill up some burgers. It's just like 
this feels really good. This isn't, I'm not on the Today Show. I'm not on Good Morning America. I'm not running around the world on planes and speaking on stages and you know, taking pictures with a million people. That kind of thing used to seem so glamorous to me. And it can be really rewarding and beautiful work, but it's not, it's not easy. So many pieces of that were a blessing, but it was a freaking hard fought blessing. So that's what I talked about in part one. <laughs> part two is I wanted to go through what are the pieces of this book that I still really believe and what are the pieces that like it just doesn't resonate anymore. So first, a couple of things about the cover. I guess this episode this is for like the diehard fans or just people who are, you know, bored and need something to listen to. What I love, love, love about this book is I wish that I could show you the cover that the publisher made. Because when you have a book come out, they'll like send it, they'll they'll come up with some concepts and they'll send it to a um, a designer and you'll get pictures back. And they sent me all these concepts and they just were so wrong and so bad. And I was like, no. And I had at that point, I had had five books come out and all of my books, we had done the cover in-house. So I had a blog and I had a team of people that helped to work on the blog because it was a business. It was a real company that made money. And so I had, you know, graphic designers and photographers and people who could potentially do something. And I was like, we're just going to try. And so I remember that we sat in a room and I remember Sammy was there and Jack was there. Michelle, I'm sure was there. Dee, I'm sure was there. You know, people who had been with me forever. And we were trying to just brainstorm. I was like, no bad ideas in a brainstorm. Everybody can throw stuff out. What's an extreme way to wash your face? And I remember that Jack was like, what if you were somehow like in a car wash and the car wash was washing your face? And I was like, I, I'm like, okay, I don't even know how that would look. And I don't know how we'd pull it off. So I was like, what about, like, I think it was like, what about a fire hose? And we were like, that feels like it would melt your skin off. We're like, what about a fire hydrant? And yeah, we like brainstormed it in the moment. And if you can remember what the cover looks like, or if you're watching this on YouTube and you can see it, I'm sitting on my back patio. So this is my old house. I'm sitting on my back patio. The, my feet are on the driveway. The outfit was literally, I went in my closet and I was like, blue shirt, ripped jeans, red Converse. Like, okay. Like I just made up an outfit and I, someone must have done my hair and makeup though. I don't remember who it was. It must not have been someone I worked with all the time. I have a dark manicure, which is so funny because it doesn't even look like it. It looks like an old manicure. Like, I don't know what I was doing. We rented a fire hydrant. We rented a fire hydrant because you can do that in LA. It was like a prop. And we, it's sitting next to me. And uh, my friend Sammy knew George Macias. So she's like, I know this guy. He is amazing. Like, he'll come shoot it. So we set it up. Sammy had a water hose behind the fire hydrant. She's holding it. And we ended up, George ended up 
like removing her arm so you can't see that. And they were like, we can keep shooting this, but basically our best bet is your is the first minute that the water hits your face. Because when the water hits your face, your hair is going to start getting wet. And I had had this vision that half of me was dry and half of me was getting blasted by water. And so if you actually look at this thing, it looks like, if you thought about it, it looks like it's actually a water hose behind. This is the first shot. Like we shot for hours, but this was the first picture he took is the water hitting my face. And they were like, you cannot move. And if you know me, I'm a pretty big weenie about cold and water and the whole thing. So they were like, and I was like, oh my God, okay, I got to hold this shot. I've got to like be strong. Fun fact, we shot the cover. It's on my back porch. And what's so hilarious is we sent the full mock-up, everything. Sammy designed it. She laid out the copy. She did the, she did it all. And we sent it to them and we said, this is the cover. And they were like, oh my gosh, it's so cute. We're going to need like 10 more options. And I was like, nope. Because at that point I was over these people telling me what to do. I was like, nope, this is the cover. Like, oh no, this isn't a thing. Like we send it to our marketing department and then they choose. And I was like, no. And I've done that consistently. The only time I have not turned in a completed cover and just said, this is it, was with my last book, didn't see that coming. That is not the title I wanted. And that was not the cover. Uh, We actually had, I think, a hilarious cover, um, which was when I, I was getting pied, like pied in the face. It was so good. But the publisher thought it was too lighthearted for a book that was coming out in 2020. So they made me change it to a serious one. And while I think I look very pretty on the cover of Didn't See That Coming, I think so many parts of that book were very serious because that's what people felt like, you know, the world needed was seriousness. And that's another area I sort of wish I had stood up for myself a bit more is like, yeah, we need serious. But levity is always a thing, even in hard moments and should have fought a little bit harder for the pie in the face cover. The next cover of my next book, you guys, not the point, but I had the cover before I had the title before I had written a single word. And I know they're going to be like, you can't have that at the cup. I'm going to. You just wait. I think it's going to be fantastic. Not the point. Let's get into the book. I opened this about a month ago when I decided I was going to do this episode. And I don't think I've looked at it in years. I don't really ever reread anything I write. I don't listen to stuff I've recorded. I have never listened to a podcast after an edit. I've never rewatched a video. I just don't consume my own material. I don't get high on my own supply, as it were. But I opened this the other day because I wanted to see which parts of it I still resonated with. And I was pumped because the intention I set for this book in the opening chapter, I still 100% agree with. Six years later, and I'm like, yeah, that's still who I am. That's still what I believe, and I'm proud of having written a book that celebrates that. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all 
built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Debit card users, listen up. You've worked hard for your money. Now it's time to make it work even harder for you. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can get cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Earn on things like gas, groceries, and even that midday latte. And to top it off, there are no fees, period. Yep, that means you won't be charged fees on your checking account. Transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. I want to read a little bit of this, if that's okay, because this is what I was reading and I was like, I still really believe this. And I think it's worth hearing again if you haven't heard it for a while. Somewhere along the way, women got the wrong information. Or I should say, we got so much of the wrong information that we washed our hands of the whole thing. We live in an all-or-nothing society that says, I need to look, act, think, and speak perfectly, or just throw in the towel and stop trying altogether. That's what I worry about the most, that you stopped trying. I get notes from readers and see thousands of comments on my social media feeds, Some of you feel so overwhelmed by your life that you've given up. You're a piece of jetsam being tugged along with the tide. It feels too hard to keep up with the game, so you've quit playing. Oh, sure, you're still here. You still show up for work. You still make dinner and take care of your kids. But you're always playing catch-up. You always feel behind and overwhelmed. Life is not supposed to overwhelm you at all times. Life isn't meant to be merely survived. It's meant to be lived. Seasons or instances will inevitably feel out of your control, but the moments when you feel like you're drowning are supposed to be brief. They should not be the whole of your existence. The precious life you've been given is like a ship navigating its way across the ocean, and you're meant to be the captain of the vessel. Certainly, there are times when storms toss you around or cover the deck with water or break the mast clean in half, but that's when you need to fight your way back to throw all the water off the boat bucket by bucket. That's when you battle to get yourself back to the helm. This is your life. You're meant to be the hero of your own story. I still believe that. Hell yeah, I still believe that. Is still the foundation of everything I do. It's the foundation of the next book I'm writing. It's why I do this podcast for y'all. It's why I do tours and show up at conferences. Like, that's what I believe. And I like talking about it. And I like sharing what helps me and what works and what I'm learning. Not because I think everyone needs to do things like I do or how I do or even be interested in the same stuff, but I always assume that if at the very least you hear my process for something, that hearing about the process 
will give you ideas for how to build your own. I had all these chapters and I thought, well, wouldn't it be cool if I didn't just talk about the problems I've had, but if I actually shared ways that I have found help, that I've got guidance. So the end of every chapter is three things that helped me. And it's simple things or funny things, or sometimes it's therapy, sometimes it's like really specific, but the goal was to be helpful. And what's interesting is that, you know, the whole book is 20 lies I used to believe. 20 lies I used to believe as a woman that I no longer believe anymore. And in uncovering that they were lies, my life has gotten so much better. What's funny is that I didn't realize they were lies as I was writing it. I think it must have been two-thirds of the way through before I realized, oh my gosh, all of these things essentially are like myths that I bought into about how to be the right kind of woman or what my place was or how to be a mama. And it's so precious because I read this and I'm like, yeah, this is the best that I knew in 2017. This is the best knowledge that I had when I was 34 years old. But 40-year-old Rachel has completely different skills, has completely different tools, has different knowledge, has been knocked down, has stood back up, has learned, has grown. So I don't know. I just think it's cool to have testimony of what it was that 34-year-old you thought was true and real and good. I think it's why having a journal is so rad. Your kids could look at it one day and be like, oh, this is who mama was when she was 22. This is who daddy was when he was 47. Or it's writing a book. It's writing a book that maybe only 10 people will read, but like those 10 people are like, yeah, Megan was here. And I think that's really special. The book starts out, the first lie is something else will make me happy. And the whole concept was that we're constantly looking outside of ourselves to find happiness. We constantly think, man, if only I had a boyfriend, if only I could get married, then you get married. Oh, if only we could afford a house, then you get the townhouse. So if only we could afford another house and then you sell the townhouse and get the house. And then it's like, I want to have a baby. And there's always something else that you think is going to make you happy because that's how our society is set up. A hundred percent, I still believe this. In fact, I believe this even more deeply. I understand even more deeply than I did when I wrote it that nothing external can ever make you truly happy. True happiness is internal. True happiness is a conversation, is a relationship with self, is contentment with where you are right now today. You and your purest, most holy form is someone who loves yourself, if, is someone who understands that right now, today, you are enough right now, that you don't need to do one more thing to become more lovable, to be better, to be stronger, to be brighter, bolder, achieve more success, nothing. Right now, today, all you have ever needed is what's inside of you already. And I still fundamentally, foundationally believe that's true. Chapter two is the lie, I'll start tomorrow. 
So this chapter was about procrastination and how we always put off the stuff that we need to do. Like that we tell ourselves, you know, tomorrow I'm going to sign up for the race. Tomorrow I'm going to start taking care of myself. Tomorrow I'm going to have that hard conversation with my boss. It is a lie. It's a myth. It's a sort of comfort zone that we get to exist inside of where nothing can hurt us because we keep putting off the discomfort of making moves, of making change. I just did a podcast last week, if you haven't listened to it. It's five different paths to change your life. So if you're sitting in this comfort zone or if you're in a place of being stuck or if you feel like life is boring or you feel like in the in your heart of hearts when you're all alone and no one else can hear you, you're like, is this it? Is this all there is? Is this what life is supposed to be? If any of those things sound like you, go listen to that episode because I think it's going to be really helpful. But this chapter was about pushing yourself to start right now. And I still 100% believe this, that you don't need a new year. You don't need a Monday. You need to start right this moment. Every single second, every single breath you take is a chance for you to start again. And if you have to start again and again and again a thousand times, the act of beginning again is immeasurably more powerful than just staying in your comfort zone. Because my experience is that you may have to start again, but every single time it takes a little longer. Like you, you're, you're able to stay in it. The momentum sticks a little longer. You're able to try a little longer. You're able to push a little further. You're able to do something more than you could do originally. So you start again and again. You start as many freaking times as you need to until you get where it is you're trying to go. That's what chapter two is about. And I still, I stand by that. Chapter three, I'm not good enough. The lie is I'm not good enough. And I think, you know, as I said, I still totally believe that this is a lie and that you are worthy and enough right now. And I get this question a lot because people are like, how can we make peace with being enough right now, today? How can we make peace with that, but also challenge ourselves to become more, challenge ourselves to evolution or change or wanting more? Because they're like, wait, how can you hold both things? How can you think that you're enough, but also work on yourself? And I always say the desire for me to change and evolve and grow and become better is because I love myself so much because I know that I am worthy and because I actively practice loving myself and being kind to myself and speaking to myself with kindness and giving myself grace, I love myself enough to want to become a better version of me. And that's how I hold space for both those things. Number four, I'm better than you. It's the lie. It's about judgment and alienating ourselves from others. And I think 100% still today, this is even worse than it was before. The world, and when I say the world, I'm mostly referring to what happens on the internet because that is how most of the world is connected, has never been more divisive 
ever. We used to sit in conversation with people and you would sit in conversation with people and maybe you had different beliefs or different perspectives. Maybe, you know, they shared, I don't know, they were a different religion or whatever. We used to have more people in life that were different than us. And now if you are not exactly like the person who's next to you in the social media feed, you're wrong. Anything you say, anything you say today can be picked apart and destroyed on the internet just because. I was wondering this the other day. I was like, is there anything that you could put on the internet that you could have no potential negative reaction to? And I was like, no, there really isn't. So I thought, what about like a birthday cake? It's just a beautiful birthday cake. You're a baker. You're just showing a beautiful cake that you made. And I thought, no, you could come up with a million. You you right now in your head, you could think of all the things that people would say about a birthday cake. Be like, well, I can't eat that birthday cake. I'm allergic to that icing. I don't like daisies. I think daisies are disgusting. And you put them on a cake and you're disgusting, right? Or like, oh, in my family, we don't have birthday cakes. We have pies. And how dare you not understand that people have birthday pies? It's so dumb. But if you are on social media regularly or you're interacting with the internet regularly, it is very easy to get wrapped up and think that that is real life. This world where no matter what you say, you run the risk of someone tearing it apart. And if someone can say that over a birthday cake with daisies on it, and you're out here trying to say something that's helpful or you know, maybe you want to promote your business or maybe you want to talk about anything or show off your art or what. You're putting something out there that has a bit more weight behind it and some more meaning, especially that meaning to you. I mean, you got to have the thickest skin on planet Earth because there's just this everything out there right now. And for a good long while, like this isn't going anywhere. This is the state of the world right now. You know, this chapter is about judging but I think it is really transferable to kind of where we find ourselves right now because it takes a fair amount of judgment to go say something negative, to go comment in a negative way on a stranger's feed. It's so mind-blowing to me that just people do this and not just trolls, just a regular mom. Like I don't even think we think about it anymore. And I, not to go off on a crazy tangent, I don't know if any of you guys feel like this, but at first when this started happening, when things got more and more and more divisive on social media and people just got more and more and more hateful, at first I was like, oh, I'm not going to, I can't even interact with this at all because people are so mean. And I know how they are to me. And so it's easy to be like, oh God, okay, that's what, but like they do it to everyone. Because then I thought, well, if I if I just follow like Instagrams that are like dogs and like comedy and whatever, rainbows and lollipops and everyone will be kind because this person is literally posting like puppy videos. No, even puppy videos are not safe. So for a minute, I was just like, oh my gosh, what is this? I don't even want to be a part of it. And now I feel like I've kind of stepped back out of the fog of like buying into this being reality. And I would love to speak to 
the state of social media not being our reality. Almost every morning of my life, I have oatmeal. Seriously, during the winter, having something hot in the morning really makes a big difference in my day. Quaker has been a trusted name in oatmeal for over 145 years, which means they've been milling oats since before the invention of the zipper, the stop sign, or ballpoint pens. Quaker has something for everyone, whether it's old-fashioned or quick oats that are good for cooking or baking. And while a ton of things have changed, the good stuff remains the same. Quaker, getting up to some good since 1877. Look for Quaker Oats at your local grocery store. Guys, no two listeners of the show are exactly alike, which means that no two vacations you take are going to be exactly alike either. And if you're looking for a place that will serve all of you, Texas has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities that allow for an infinite number of different travel experiences. I love Texas so much, I moved my family there for five years. Because here's the deal, Texas has it all. Are you a beach person? We got you. If you love a rugged vacation, not my jam, but there's plenty of campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. My favorite part about Texas the food. It is the thing I miss the absolute most. Whether you love barbecue or Tex-Mex or just want to be in cities that take their food very seriously. You can enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. Visit TravelTexas.com slash get your own to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash get your own. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Five million people every month listen to this podcast, and it keeps growing, and I'm so grateful to each and every one of you for being here and listening to these episodes. If the smallest percentage of us decided to say, this is not my reality, my reality is going to be interacting with real human beings, with common decency, with kindness, with gratitude using manners, being decent, taking care of our community, showing up for our neighbors. That needs to be our reality. Let's have social media be a place 
you know, you go look at some cute clothes, you know, you maybe watch some reels that make you smile or a TikTok that makes you laugh, but that you don't get sucked into believing that that is real life. Real life is the interaction you have with real human beings. When you're interacting with real human beings, it forces you to see a bigger picture. If you're looking at a social media post about a crime rate in downtown where you live because the homeless population has tripled during COVID, right? You're seeing that on social media. It's going to make you feel a certain way based on the mood that you're in, based on who was telling the story and how they were telling the story. It's going to evoke certain feelings in you about maybe your safety, about the crime rate, about the people who are homeless, about all of it. But I'll tell you what, that will feel, that same story feels very different if you are volunteering with an organization who is working with those real people. You can be judgmental of what's going on in your downtown until a real person walks up and is like, hey, do you have any change? And you're like, oh, hell yeah. I have, you know, I have a dollar, like I have Starbucks gift cards in my car. I carry Starbucks gift cards so that I could just, hey, can I buy you a cup of coffee? Like that's decency. Like that's, look someone in the eye. It's a real human being. It's having a conversation uh, with your server, like a real person, uh, the person helping you, your kid's teacher, like what is going on in your community? That is real life. It is so much easier to judge people in a feed on your computer or your phone. Can we be a community that keeps fighting for like reality, reality, real human beings interacting with each other, using common sense, using common sense, which is something that's just some of these news stories, I'm like, what are you, what is this? This doesn't even make sense. Y'all are fighting over something that doesn't make sense. It's absolutely crazy. You don't even have to tell people that you're committing to doing this. But can we be a community of people who are like, man, I live in the real world. I'm not going to get sucked up into this thing. I'm not going to spend too much time on my phone. I'm going to go outside. I'm going to interact with my neighbors. If you're an introvert, you go outside, you interact with your neighbor's dogs, you do what you need to do, but let's live in the real world, the real world. The internet is powerful and has helped us in so many ways, but you and I both know that it's one of the worst things that has happened to our mental and emotional health ever, ever. So let's, let's challenge ourselves to be in this real world. Sorry about that tangent, guys. Number five, and the first time that I'm going to change my opinion on something I wrote, the chapter five lie is loving him is enough for me. And in this chapter, I wrote about, I, I, I still identify with that lie. I wouldn't change anything in my past because I wouldn't be who I am and I wouldn't have my kids. But a much wiser version of myself can look at the narrative in that chapter. And I think also I was from a culture that said, your job is to get married. Your job is to be a mama. Your job is to be a good girl and pretty and 
you know, do well and have everyone like how you're doing those things. I came from a culture that raised girls to believe that the only way we could be worthy and enough and loved and accepted was if other people thought we were worthy and enough and loved and accepted. And so I don't even really want to read those chapters again because I know that there's stuff in them that I find pretty cringy now because I can see how much that indoctrination of, frankly, patriarchy. I know people throw that word around a lot, but a patriarchal society raises girls to believe that, you know, men are that's that's a goal. Like you got to find a man, you got to find a husband, you got to be a good wife, you got to be all of those things and definitely when I wrote this, I was very much in that space. And so you just accept whatever it is. And if I'm like being real cuz this apparently is the episode where I'm sharing all the realness, my dad is a beautiful tortured hard, scared, larger-than-life force in my childhood. Had a horrible temper, emotionally abusive, physically violent, never with us, but in the house. I really do think he did his best. I think both my parents did their best, but it wasn't great. (laughs) If that's your example and you find someone who isn't like that, it's really hard to understand that you're allowed to take issue with anything. I don't know if that's gonna resonate with any of you. Two things. One, I think that that narrative is as toxic to men as it is to women. Because I think the narrative that anyone but you know that any man is like supposed to have all the answers supposed to know what's supposed to be able to support their family supposed to be strong supposed to be tough sexy good in bed you know please their woman be a good dad like i think there are as many painful hard toxic parts of masculinity and patriarchy that hurt men as deeply as they hurt women but what i glean when I read those chapters, you know, even the chapter talking about sex where I'm talking about sex, but I'm really careful to only talk about sex like inside the bounds of marriage because that's what I was taught was supposed to be true. And oh my Lord, I mean, I wrote about this in the next book, but like to be a single woman in my late 30s and realize I have no desire to get married again, but I would like to have sex again. But I was raised in a society that told me that was evil and sinful and wrong. What am I going to do about that? So I feel like I wrote what I knew, but what I knew was one very specific perspective. And if you didn't have that same perspective, I assume that you couldn't identify with a lot of that. Because you're like, well, Rach, like, I've had sex with 50 people. Like, what does that mean? It literally means nothing. Good for you. Do your thing. But I didn't have that. And so 
not that there was anything wrong with writing from my perspective, but I wish, I think me now would do a better job of being like, this is one woman's viewpoint because that's what it was. <laughs> it was one woman's viewpoint and a viewpoint that has changed. It's sort of impossible to know how any of that might be different or how any of that should be different because I didn't have any perspective but the one I was inside of. And I can't take any of it back, right? Because I have the life I have today because of the choices that I made, period. It's the same as writing a book. And all these people have read a book that there are parts of it I'm like, oh, I would have written that differently today. I would have done that differently today. But that's the point. We do the best that we can with what we've got, where we're at right now. That's it. I think it's worth saying, for any of you who think about writing your own book, putting your own words down, telling your own story, how important it is that we have your perspective, that we have your narrative, that we have your truths, that we have your stories about your grandpa and you know, that funny memory from when you went on a girl's trip and that time that your toddler, you know, dropped a pan on your toe. Like, I don't know. We need your perspective. I cannot stress this to you enough. We don't need my perspective. I already told my perspective. We need you, fabulous, wonderful, weird, unique you, to tell your story so that people who are like you can see themselves inside of it. And because we learn by other people sharing their wisdom. I could have never, ever imagined, ever, that I would be here five years later doing this podcast, spending two full hours talking about Girl, Wash Your Face. I think if I'm being totally honest, kind of everything around this book the person that I was and everything that happened because of this book, it makes me nervous and it makes me feel scared. And I hope that maybe I do a 10-year anniversary for you guys and I'm like, you know, I feel nothing but memories and wisdom now. Because I read that once, that when you can remember something without any emotion, it's wisdom. And I hope that I can remember all of this with wisdom, but it was a rocket ship. It was an atomic bomb. It was a supernova. It was a once in a lifetime thing that I did not plan for and couldn't have dreamed up if I tried. And I don't think any human being, any human being is prepared for what happens when that occurs. But I did my best, and I'm still doing my best in the aftermath, and I'm working on the next book. And I don't believe ever, I will never have something like Girl, Wash Your Face. I Never. I'm not even trying. I'm sure the publisher would love for me to try and recreate it, but it's impossible. So I'm not going to. I'm just going to do the best I can. And hope that somewhere in the words I write is 
a little piece of something that is helpful to you guys, which is exactly what I did when I wrote this book and all the others. And hope that somewhere in that process is a little bit of magic and that we enjoy it and that we have fun. Yeah, that's it. That's the story of Girl, Wash Your Face (laughs) slash a therapy session. If you are still here, I mean, God bless you. And I appreciate your friendship and your readership and your listenership and your hanging out with me for this long. I will be back soon with more info for y'all, more ideas, more conversations. And until then, I want you to remember, I love you and I'm rooting for you. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is produced by me, Rachel Hollis. It's edited by Andrew Weller and Jack Noble. It's your time. Join global thought leader, executive producer, and New York Times bestselling author T.D. Jakes and today's leading culture shifters for an experience unlike any other. At the 2024 International Leadership Summit, spiritual and business leaders can gain the practical tools they need to maximize their timing for success. With world-class discussions, breakout sessions, and networking opportunities, this is where your dreams turn into reality. Timing is everything, and your time is now. March 21st through 23rd in Dallas, Texas. Register today at thisisils.org. When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. REMAX agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated.